And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. In case this really is the end of the world, I just want to let you know, I love you, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. I love you too, DC Matthews, at DC Matthews NAI. Are you speaking about the electoral apocalypse? Uh, I'm just speaking in general. Uh, I do my best to avoid serious uh, current event issues. We are recording on the eve of the election. Uh, whatever it's going to be, it will be. Que sera, sera, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, it, it, people are going to wonder, why are they doing a Monday show? What is it? And, you know, I suppose we could say it's because, you know, the world could end tomorrow. And I like the Election Day special excuse better. We could We could record tomorrow, I suppose, as well. Well, you know, we release it tomorrow. That's true. That's true. We could call it the election day special. Uh, but but you are back, people. I literally have had two or three people message me or or tweet me wondering if you're okay and uh, if you two were... to three people. I wow, that's a that's lot. Breaking the doors down with concern for me, huh? <laughs> All two of you. Hey. I doubt and two people, you know, wondered where I was on the days when the Manson Family Podcast dropped or anything. Two people taking the time to ask means at least five or six people were concerned about your well-being. I'm not sure I'd go that far, but all right. How's life? We haven't talked since Halloween. How was your Halloween experience? We saw pictures of Manson Manor and all, you know, was a good time had by all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, absolutely? Do you dress up? Because we, you know, you mentioned on a previous show that because Oscar uh, gets a little skittish with the doorbell ringing, uh, you actually sit outside for Halloween. Mostly, yep. Um, you know, do you do you put a costume on while you're sitting out there? I have not yet to date. No, I just dress up the uh, the uh, residents, I guess. Uh, maybe in the future I'll think about throwing on a costume, but I haven't gotten there yet. Does does the dog wear a costume? Do you dress the dog yes. up? I had I had a sneaking. Is it the same costume every year? Or do you get him new ones with each year? Um, it's not a new one every year. Uh, he has had a couple of different costumes. We inherited a chicken costume from a coworker of Mrs. Manson that he wore one of his first years. Uh, since then, though, last year I think we got him. It's just this little Velcro thing on it for his back that makes him look a little like a dinosaur. And he wore that again this year, so. Well, you're in a new a new location, so I suppose you can, you know, redo the redo the look. But I I am glad. How long do you keep the the cardboard things with the lights up and running? Is that something where the day after you take it down or do you keep it up like Christmas lights for a while? Uh, I tend to take it down pretty quickly. I don't think it it lasts very much. And in, in the condo, I used to light them up maybe a couple days before Halloween and a couple days after. So maybe they were lit up maybe for five days or so. But 
Honestly, we're on a cul-de-sac here, so there's not a lot of through traffic. Everybody who's going to see him saw him on Halloween. I don't really see much point in continuing to light them up. So, yeah, I took them down over the weekend. Uh, although, you know, they were up there for most of the week, but I didn't actually really light them up except for on Halloween. But, you know, overall very successful. People seem to enjoy them. I got a lot of compliments. Uh you know, best dressed house on the block. You know, several people sort of said. And do you win? I don't a, know. Do you, know, do you win an award for that? Like, do do the people in your area like award prizes for those sorts of things? Is it a competitive nature, like in whatever that movie is where they compete about the Christmas lights? Is that Christmas Vacation? Um. Well, he. I'm not sure. There's a competition in that movie, although he does have a his house that he tries to light up, and there's several scenes of him attempting to successfully light up this house but i don't remember it really being a competition in that film there was some other show i can't remember the movie but there is some movie where the two neighbors are competing and essentially they like you know create lights that can be seen from space in the attempts to win i don't remember i'm kind of remembering that i'm i am kind of remembering that but i I can't think of what it is Hmm. huh anyways um no, I don't think there's really any sort of competition for this. I think I was competing against myself. I don't think anybody else even knew that uh, they could expect such awesomeness. I do hear that the neighborhood tends to dress things up pretty well for the Christmas season. Um, seems like most houses, from what I hear, are lit up in some way. So, I don't know. I've never really done anything for the Christmas season before. I don't know if I'll start this year. But maybe it's something to keep in mind for the future. I think you should just do the same Halloween ones, but this time with red and green lights. Well, I thought about doing different cutouts. Like, what if I, you know, had, like, a Santa Claus with a sack over his shoulder and the windows or, you know, you know something like that. Uh, maybe just one window or something. Something fun. But I, uh, I don't know. I, it doesn't hold the same appeal to me as as Halloween does for some reason. Well, you know, you also don't, not everyone, most people celebrate Halloween, not everyone celebrates Christmas, so. Not everyone celebrates Halloween. Well, but a good portion of Americans, I would say, celebrate Halloween. Well, I suppose that's true. As opposed to uh, the Christmas holiday where you've got Kwanzaa and you've got Hanukkah and you've got Festivus, so you know. Yeah, all those real holidays. Exactly. Um, So. I, I'm trying to figure out where I put my cell phone. I think it's in the other room, and I want to put my hands on it. So while I go get that, why don't you tell the neighborhood what's been on your mind wrestling-wise, or you can talk about our experience, because we got together over the weekend, and we intended to record a podcast, and we wound up just watching Raw from 1998. So vamp for a minute or two, won't you? Tell you know, Talk about anything you want. The floor is yours, sir. The airwaves are yours. The neighborhood has missed you. Uh, chat with them, will you? Hey. You have to talk. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> hey there, uh, neighborhood. How's it, uh, uh, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, we did hang out over the weekend, DC and I, and... We had some Chinese food, which is the first time I've had Chinese food since, hmm, I think the New Year, I believe, Mrs. Manson and I procured some Chinese food on uh, New Year's Eve last year. It was delicious, and I'm already thinking about going back again the end of the week. Uh, So that was a good time. That was a good time. 
Um, and as DC said, we did watch Raw from 98, I guess. Um, just sort of scrolling through, and I said, oh, that's a classic episode. Uh, it was the birth of Mr. Sacco. And uh, we turned it on, and you know, I think we sort of came to the realization that although there were many skits sort of that happened in the Attitude Era that were worth remembering... Some of the in-ring action was maybe a little... Uh, Terrible. A little lacking, to say the least. Welcome back, DC Matthews at DC Matthews. Thank you. I couldn't find it. It wound up falling on the floor, like two feet from my feet. But Wait, you fell on the floor? Or the, no, no. The, the, phone the, the phone was behind the laptop, so at some point it fell on the floor, but it landed. Uh, so it didn't land on the floor. It landed on like a basket of clothes that's right by here, so... I see, Anyways, I see. but yes, I I would agree. I caught the very tail end of that. We watched the. Did you tell him we watched the Raw where Vince is in the hospital? I didn't say that, but I did say it was the birth of Mister Sacco. Yes, so you know we watched that. But besides the hospital scenes, you know, I remember. Man, I don't even know if I could tell you a match with the headbangers there. Yeah, it was X Pac and D'Lo. So we 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 thought of Chip. We remembered Chip fondly. I I left right around the time Gangrel was coming out to wrestle somebody. But anyways, yeah, the the the, <laughs> the in ring action, you know, Mark Marrow versus there you go, Mark Marrow was there. Yes, yes, know. yes. Uh, and you know, Jason Maltov has talked about this how he's always pre- preferred the kind of ruthless aggression era or the post uh, acquisition of WCW era, and he's got a point. You know, the the backstage stuff might be funnier and the, you know, the skits might be better, but the in-ring action is far superior once WWF acquired all of those ECW and WCW talents. So Once John Cena showed up and really crowned that ruthless aggression era. It's true. All right. Uh, what's on your mind? You know, I, I had the chance to share my thoughts on Hell in a Cell. I talked about... Raw, I talked about SmackDown. Do you have anything you want to share? You know, Raw is, uh, they've actually finished taping it. They're in Scotland. Oh, are they? They are. Are there, are there spoilers to be read? Um, apparently there are. People have actually been pretty good about not posting them. Um, but if you want to go look, you certainly can. I haven't yet to see anything, but. Yeah, so the only thing I really have to share about wrestling is. I didn't really watch wrestling last week very much. I watched Hell in a Cell, and then I think I watched about half an hour of Raw, and then maybe about 15 minutes of SmackDown from the middle of the show. And, um, you know, my week was pretty good. Well, you had Halloween going on, and then as I, as I mentioned on on the podcast, you got kind of stuck in the Hades of homeownership. It you happens. It, it, apparently it does. I wouldn't know, but apparently it does. So, uh, you know, well, let's let's just kind of very quickly sum up your thoughts on Hell in a Cell, Sasha versus Charlotte as the main event, um, new Cruiserweight champion. That was surprising. Um, it was very surprising to me that Brian Kendrick won that title. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was glad, I guess, to see it. I feel a little badly for the Perks, Percocet Boy, because uh, Percocet Boy. I just, you know, he didn't really get a chance, I think, to shine on the main roster. 
Um, but I'm happy that Brian Kendrick is now in that position that he is in. Well, let's he talk. Deserves it. Let's let's talk about the cruiserweights for a minute because the, one of the big pieces of news from last week uh, was the announcement of 205 Live, this new cruiserweight only show. What does that mean? Well, 205 is the weight limit for cruiserweights. Oh, and it is. It's live. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like 225 before. It was. It used to be 225, but with this version, it's 205. I think because if you made it 225, technically Seth Rollins could compete. <laughs> like, so they so- named an entire division around this simply so they could disqualify Seth Rollins from being on that. Team. And Finn Balor, although I think actually Finn Balor is probably less than 205 pounds too. But I think it's 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 a reflection of the fact that the the talents in WWE are getting smaller. So in order to qualify to be a cruiserweight, you have to be significantly smaller than, you know, some of the heavyweights who might only uh, be 230, yeah. 240. I guess that's fair. But, um, um, but you know, it, it's interesting to me how, you know, now you and I said multiple times that we would love to see a cruiserweight show on the WWE network. And we yes. got our, and we got our wish. Um, but the whole thing, if you look at it, you know, the Cruiserweight Classic happened. It was popular. Raw brings the Cruiserweight division there. It kind of fizzles. Now they're going to do 205 Live. It seems like either this is being planned on the fly and they recognize that there was a problem and decided to address it with the live show, or do you think this was their plan all along? Yeah, I think it was the plan all along. I mean, they hired like 18 guys coming out of that cruiserweight class. They did. That's true. That is true. I mean, Jack there was, Gallagher, Noam Dar, we haven't seen yet. So There was no way they were ever going to feature all that talent on Raw. It didn't make sense, in fact, how many people they signed. Um, so I was kind of been expecting something along this line. Although I will say, um, again, yeah, this is something we asked for, but somehow I can't help but feel a little disappointed. And I, I know it's strange, but... I really do think it's a mistake. I don't know, again, I know it's a weekly show, but I don't know if this is the permanent time slot. But they've said the first show will be following SmackDown, basically Tuesday night at 10 o'clock. It, that is going to be the plan from here on out, is it? It is from 10 to 11 on Tuesdays. Okay, so number one, that means I will not ever watch this show live. I will always watch it after the fact. Um, And two, they displaced one of the most successful things, in my mind, to come out of the brand split being Talking Smack. And they did that basically within the same week of them deciding to emulate that show now on Raw with raw talk. So I can't help but feel they saw this was something good that SmackDown had cultivated, gave it to Raw so that they could just, you know, remove it from SmackDown. Uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. It just, it's just, I get this feeling of bias towards the Raw brand coming from the corporation. And I think that's unfortunate because I think that format worked very well for SmackDown in particular because SmackDown was only a two-hour show that focused more on in-ring action. Raw, with its three hours, has plenty of time for promos. And they 
do it every week. I don't see the need for an extra hour of talking about Raw on top of the three hours of television they already provide. Uh, I just think that's a poor fit. And again, I'm disappointed that they've displaced that after SmackDown because I thought it worked extremely well there in that time slot. Mm. I, I thought it was weird, you know, talking about Raw Talk specifically, I thought they should have tried to do a version of that and start the show with it. You know, they already do the Raw kind of pre-show, you know, and if people are complaining, like, even go so far as to say, all right, 8 to 8.30, we're doing Raw Talk, and you can do a lot of the, you know, Raw oftentimes is 20 minutes of promos anyways, so why not have it be that and then start the action at 8.30? So I do hear what you're saying. I don't think that the live piece matters to them as much. I think, you know, anything on the network they have to assume people are gonna watch. I don't at some understand point. why they didn't put it on Thursday nights. Why wouldn't you put it on eight o'clock Thursday night and take the audience away from impact? So would they tape it Tuesdays and then air it Thursdays? Or I would guess. they you know, essentially tape a Thursday house show. I mean, you're assuming that these people have to be on tour. They could do it just like they do NXT. I mean, tape four weeks at a time down at full sale and just... They could. I'm glad it's they what, don't because I disagree with that model. It's what of, TNA does. Well, and I... I I'm just I'm, saying, though. Uh, yes. Thursday's a, week, a day of the week that currently does not have wrestling programming from WWE. I do agree and with that. you've got competition that you could that you could significantly impact, no pun intended, by putting a program up against them. So why wouldn't they take that opportunity? Isn't that giving TNA too much credit by even acknowledging their presence by putting something opposite them? They don't have to acknowledge them? it. They no, should just say it, that there's just nothing do- on Thursday nights. Well, that part's true. I, I agree that they could take advantage of that. I think it would come down to how they're going to make it, you know. Plus, it can't be 205 live if it's pre-taped. And that's No, a I name. suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. And, and it name. makes sense if they do want these people on tour, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um it makes I, sense that they have to package it with SmackDown. Well, and I think it comes down with money anyways, because I don't know what the ticket prices have been, but I imagine they can't charge as much for SmackDown as they can for Raw, purely because Raw is three hours plus an hour-long warm-up show. SmackDown's only two hours, I would imagine. You know, so now, feasibly, if you... You know, include 205 Live, they can charge. They can say, you're, you're getting the same amount of wrestling, so we can charge, you know, whatever it is, $85, $90 for your average ticket, um, and not have people complain that they're getting gypped by going to the Tuesday show. Um, I don't watch Talking Smack, is besides the fact that it happens literally right after, you know, is there any potential advantage to them? waiting an hour before recording it, besides the fact that these poor talent, well, the disadvantage is these poor talents can't go home because now it's 11 o'clock on Tuesday night and you've so got to sit around. So is Talking Smack officially being moved to 11 o'clock? I will look. I believe so, I, but I don't want to speak 
out of turn and be you know run the risk of being wrong. So give me a minute to look it up. But uh, I believe so. What I read was that 205, all right, here, WWE.com. Lince Dorado, TJ Perkins, Brian Kendrick, and Lince Dorado are the the top P, you know, the three guys in the picture, which just makes me happy. Um, a one-hour in-ring program called 205 Live, showcasing WWE's new cruiserweight division, will pre- premiere Tuesday, November 29th at 10 p.m. exclusively on WWE Network. The live weekly show will be called by Mauro Ronaldo and Corey Graves, which that part I like. Eh. I'm not a big fan of Corey Graves. Really? Really, really. Never okay. have been. All right, that part doesn't say. But I would assume, especially since it's going to be on the network, they can't do Talking Smack and 205 Live at the same time. Uh, I would imagine not. You know, they could tape Talking Smack, and maybe that's another thing they want. Maybe they want to be able to... Tape it instead of doing it live? Yeah. So Wikipedia says, The show will premiere on November 29th and will air following SmackDown Live on the WWE Network. Talking Smack, which previously held the 10 p.m. time slot, will move to 11 p.m. Eastern following the airing of 205 Live. It felt like people performing on Talking Smack were doing something a little more real. The live component, it felt like they could say more of whatever was on their mind. It was always sort of this question of, oh, is somebody going to say something interesting? Because they had a few different weeks there where, you know, hot topics totally came out of what was happening on that show. Pre-recording it gives them more control, but it also makes me less inclined to watch, regardless of whether it's coming on at 11 o'clock or not, which I don't remember what you just said. I don't think it was conclusive. It'll, Wikipedia says Talking Smack will go on at eleven, and I, I, I don't gonna, see any way. I don't see any way it can't. I'm never going to watch it. Yep. Like they, like I said, they took something good, and I'm not saying 205 Live is bad. It's good also, but I just wish they had found a different time slot for it. I, I can agree with that, and and again, now granted, they can't change their USA stuff but you know and while i don't want them to i don't want the cruiserweights to become stigmatized as opening acts stop doing main event or superstars and put them on from seven to eight okay tuesday night seven o'clock 205 live get you ready for smackdown talking smack at 10 I do think I think they probably do want to control it a little more, and it will take some of the edge off. But WWE, I don't think has any desire to be truly edgy. So, no, I guess not. But like, it's too bad because it was interesting. I'm excited because having not watched a lot of Talking Smack and loving cruiserweight wrestling, uh, this is more things that we can watch and talk about on a private earful, which you can hear uh, most weekends on the NAI Network. What'd you just open there? Your your face got really white. The emails, the email. What what the email? Should we should we talk about an email? I'm I'm checking my own email and I apologize for doing assorted stuff. Uh, Skyrim still hasn't shipped yet and I'm bitter. That's okay. I keep waiting. It's still the same game. Well, I didn't get the I didn't do any of the downloadable content, so there's some new stuff. Fair enough. 
All right, why don't you uh, read us an email there? We've got three emails we haven't touched on yet. Let's read uh, Mitchell's way back from Halloween. The opposite of what you expected. You guys expected hate mail for Doc's rant on GMOs, and I just wanted to say I loved it so much I quoted a portion of it on Facebook. However, in the world of WWE, with the story they've been telling, implying Jericho Owens will be in the tag match, it seems to me the elimination tag matches will truly be an all-star cast and not a leftover cast after all the stars are used. Making it a once-a-year time all your favorites from either brand actually get in the ring together. Do you agree? Writing this before Raw slash SmackDown. Also, if so, how do you think they fill the rest of the card? Are the three tag marches just that long? Was that the end of it? Yeah, that's the end of it. I'm just going to open this by saying... Uh, I want residuals on uh, whatever... Getting quoted on Facebook. Facebook. Oh, yeah. I want to to see that hot residual money flowing in. Well, there's currently five matches because you've got your three Survivor Series matches. Boring. You've got Brock versus Goldberg. Yeah. And then you've got Dolph Ziggler versus a member of the Raw roster whom I had assumed, and dare I say I feel a little guilty about this, guaranteed was going to be The Miz based on what happened on SmackDown, Uh, though apparently right now I'm incorrect because one of the non-spoiler things I read, which is still a spoiler, is that there's going to be a match between two wrestlers and the winner gets to face Ziggler for the title. So so that's five. Hmm. So in a four-hour show... If every match is 50 minutes long, they'll just about make it. Well, what you're forgetting is each match will be a half hour long with 20-minute video packages in between. Well, no. Each match will be 20 minutes long, and the Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match will get eight packages, totaling an hour and 30 minutes of the entire show. Yeah. When I think about Goldberg and Lesnar, I certainly think about packages. He did say marches. Are the three tag marches just that long? Um, <laughs> I st- yeah. I didn't just read that for giggles. I, I just figured. I don't know. Um, what do you think? I think we can, you know, we can say, oh, no, I suppose we don't know yet until we watch Raw, a lot of it. Um, are you really that bored with the notion of these Survivor Series matches? I'm not bored of them right now, but in practice, I think it's going to make for a boring show. I don't like repetition. I like different stuff. No, I I can't. Having watched some of the older ones, I can't say I disagree, though granted the talent in these will be probably much superior in an in-ring sense. You know, right now, Team Raw is Owens, Jericho, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and a talent to be announced uh, to take on Styles, Ambrose, Orton, Wyatt, and for some reason, Baron Corbin. I guess we should take out of that that Strowman and Corbin are like the next big things on their respective rosters because they're kind of the young studs. What? Huh. Uh, just a, wasn't a way I was 
anticipating hearing Braun Strowman describe to this evening. That's all. He's getting some semblance of a push, and, you know, he's been booked so monstrous that you kind of wonder how he's going to get taken out of a match like this. I'm guessing he'll get counted out or disqualified or something, but, you know. Man, remember Nia Jax? Yeah, she's there. It's Charlotte, Bailey, Nia Jax, and two other Raw talents. Doesn't it have to be Sasha and Dana Brooke? There's literally no one else. It could be Emma. I guess. Or, um... Well, they're not going to use Paige. Mm. I think Summer Rae is still injured. That's it. I guess it could be Emma. They could make it debuting Emmalina, I suppose. Uh... And then Team SmackDown is Nikki, Becky, Alexa, Carmella, and Naomi with Natalia as the coach. I hate that. I hate. And I don't know why I'm surprised, but, like, I was really hoping Natalia would be a serious part of that roster, and she is just, once again, a joke. Yep. Uh, you know, the other thing is, I, I guess I see the Raw women's team as taking that, because... You know, although there is animosity between some of those people, um, they've already shown that Charlotte and Sasha are capable of coming together out of mutual respect. Whereas, you know, there's just nothing but hatred between Nikki and Carmella and Alexa and Becky. So I don't know how on the earth they would possibly cooperate um, to be a cohesive unit in that tag match. So clearly, uh, the nod has to go to the Raw women's division. You understand that next week when we do this, it's going to be the prediction show? You do understand that... I don't care about predictions. I understand. We can stop doing them if you want. Nah, we can do them. I think we should just... I think we should evolve the segment. Predictions and productions. Predictions can continue to be predictions, and my productions will be how I would book it. So you want to join me on By the Book? Is that what you're saying? No, because nobody wants to be on By the Book. Like, I came over and hung out. Now, granted, you bought the food, but, like, I came over and spent time with you. We watched wrestling. I educated you on, like, some of the talent and things. You know, I'm going to say that I don't think Luna Vachon ever posed for Hustler. I don't think so either. I don't know where Mrs. Manson got that idea. I think she saw it on Wikipedia, but I think it's false. I would, yeah, I probably, as a teenager, would have tried to seek that out. <laughs> All I'm telling you is I'm trying to seek it out now on Google, and if I can't find a record of it there, then it must not exist. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think that was uh, Wikipedia being wrong. But it made for an uncomfortable moment, which is always a lovely part of one Saturday evening. Uh, I agree. But yeah, I enjoyed, you know, chatting about the oddities and all of that, and then you go and criticize my show. Um... I am looking forward to Survivor Series. I like the fact that it's going to kind of be the all-stars. Um, I think that'll be interesting. They will have to try very hard, though, to make it not wicked repetitive. That's going to be... That will be their challenge. Uh, but it should be good. And yes, we definitely do need to uh, 
you need to get some royalties for that. We also got a shout out. I haven't had a chance to hear it yet, but uh, I believe we got a shout out on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, w Pan, uh, hosted by New England independent wrestler or manager Brian Malonis and a person whose name I'm forgetting, and I'm going to feel bad about that. So let me look it up. Wait, what happened? I got a. A DM from Chip, our good friend Chip, who told me that he was listening to the wrestling podcast about nothing, which is a, uh, it's at the WPAN. The wrestling podcast about nothing is hosted by the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, who is a New England uh, wrestling manager, and Croc Sox. And, you know, they, they put a podcast out, and I guess they enjoy our work, and so gave us a shout out. So I wanted Whoa. to I wanted to thank them and give them a shout out. Apologies that I had to look up your your details there. Uh, but that is a podcast that is picking up steam. People are chatting about it. I'm going to go ahead and listen to it tomorrow while I'm supposed to be uh, doing some professional development. Don't tell anyone. And uh, I, I look forward to it. So there's always always room for more podcasts. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I love listening to podcasts about wrestling. It is one of my favorite things to do with all of my free time. Did you actually eat a pumpkin ice cream sandwich? No. Uh, Mrs. Manson tweeted that picture to me because Ah. she wants to rub in my face that they exist and that I have not been able to try them. Well, go get some. Well, I haven't seen them yet, but I'll keep my eyes peeled. Are we going to dive into, like, holiday stuff, like peppermint? Yeah, I saw peppermint Oreos at the grocery store, and I are you drinking eggnog? Is that what you're drinking? Yep. You're drinking eggnog, you sneaky devil. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had eggnog. Oh, it's so delicious. And what does eggnog it, sure. taste like? Because I would assume it tastes like eggs, and I don't like eggs. Mm, it tastes nothing like eggs. Then why is it called eggnog? Because yeah, I think egg was used originally in making true eggnog, but I think that's just sort of like a thickness thing, like an um, egg, like an egg cream. Yeah, sure. All right, that makes sense. Um, and you know, back in the days, you used to have like a hard eggnog. It would be like filled with like a rum or a bourbon or something like that. But I don't really care for. Uh, the boozy eggnogs that I've tried. One of my favorite things, though, is an eggnog latte. So getting yourself an eggnog and then having, you know, pouring an espresso into there and sort of making it a, a, uh, an Americano-type thing. Uh, delicious. Delicious way to have your coffee. Does it taste like custard that's not frozen? Maybe a little. Because sure. I'm reading I'm reading the ingredients. It's eggs, it's sugar, it's milk and cream. And it's then, a little spicy. It tends to be Well um, that would I would imagine that's the nutmeg. Yeah, but I mean it's not Yeah, it's just a little spicy, but it's it's tasty. Okay. All right. It's well, kinda like drinking pie. Fair enough. I'm I'm now I'm just morbidly curious because I went on to foodnetwork.com to look at Alton Brown's recipe. There's something called funeral potatoes, which now I'm just curious what in the world that would be. I guess it's a potato that you eat and then you die. <laughs> and then the, it's a, apparently it's a video, so let me make sure that my audio is off here. And then it says, you know, the host whips up a batch of serious comfort food for a new mommy. 
Congratulations, new mommy. Let me make you funeral potatoes. That just strikes me as a bad idea. Anyways, Terrible sorry. Idea. Let's go back to the topic. So you're you're drinking eggnog. Is that something that you normally uh, partake in in the colder months? Is or is this something just specifically for us? No, I love eggnog. It's delicious. Oh, Mrs. Hold on. Manson hates it, but I forgot to turn you off mute. Sorry. What? <laughs> I heard Mrs. Manson hates it. So you? Yeah, she hates it, but I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do this time of year. And you know, actually, though, because I, I do have uh, an arch nemesis in the food world, which would be lactose. Um, I don't normally partake in eggnog very often. But a few years ago, I noted that Lactade, the company, was producing a, a lactose-free eggnog. And so when I see that at the store now, I always buy it because it tends to sell out very quickly and you can't get it later on in the season. So there's always like that first week where it's on the shelf and I'm like, oh, hell to the yes. And I grab one, throw it in the cart, and you know, Mrs. Manson's complaints, it's, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. And I'm like, I don't care. It's November. I'm having eggnog. Okay, so eggnog notwithstanding, what is your personal philosophy about the official beginning of the Christmas slash holiday season? Because Mrs. Matthews and I go back and forth on this. Um, I apparently am a bit of a miser in that I believe it should start like literally December 15th and only for those 10 days. You're a crazy person if you think that you can possibly... Just have 10 days of Christmas. Fine. If you want to do 12, December 13th. And that's my final offer. Well, luckily, you are not actually negotiating this because, sorry, Christmas is a season. I guess. Yep. I, I, I am even okay with it literally, you know, on the Macy's Parade on Thanksgiving when Santa shows up. Fine. I honestly think that is probably more appropriate. Yes. Because, like, this year, it was literally, like, the day after Halloween. We went to the grocery store, and there's just Christmas displays everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I, even I said, okay, okay, there's, there's discounted Halloween candy right there, and that's a snowman. That is too much. Yeah. And that's and that's more of my point. Is it started? You know, it happened. It feels like it happens earlier and earlier. Now we're getting into because I saw you know commercials that were I suppose you could say they were wintry, but they had jingle bells in them, and it was like October twenty seventh. And I was just I mean at this point, if I were to dress up as Santa Claus for Halloween, it really wouldn't seem that strange. No, no, it would be a multitasking costume, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people might think it was a strange choice for Halloween, but I don't see any difference. That's next year. Manson Manson Manor has a Nightmare Before Christmas theme, and you dress like Santa Claus, and Mrs. Manson can dress as, what was her name, Sally? The one that stitched all together? Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? What were you What were you snacking on? Was that a seasonal confection, or were you just snacking? Those were just animal crackers. Okay. Do you eat the heads first? Usually. All right. I mean, uh, occasionally I like to eat off the limbs first when I want them to suffer. <laughs> uh, do you want to take a minute to share your thoughts on 
the Sasha Banks Charlotte Hell in the Cell match was it worthy? I'm not of sure being the there was event? any. I'm not sure there's anything really to weigh in on. I mean, did you did you enjoy the match? Sure. Did you enjoy the power bomb through the table and the stretcher and all that? No, it was dumb and a waste of my time. Did you appreciate or did you join the chorus of people who were very upset that Sasha lost in the main event in her hometown? Nope. Okay, just wanted to make sure cuz I didn't think the powerbomb spot was that much of a waste of my time, but I definitely didn't join in that chorus either. The, I thought I mean, the thing with the powerbomb spot and all that was they were going to award Charlotte the belt by forfeit, but I don't know since when that's ever been a rule. Like, the match never started. I remember you tweeting that. That was a good point. So I don't really understand why they were going to award her the belt. It's not like or, she couldn't defend the... They have 30 days to defend the belt, right? So like yeah. it's not like... They were running up against that. I, I didn't understand that at all. That just seemed like some sort of or why wouldn't failing you, there. Or why wouldn't you disqualify Charlotte for attacking her before sure. the bell? Right. Yeah. No, that was, you made a good point there. You tweeted that out, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that." So yeah, but I mean, but beyond that, yeah, the match was fine. It was fine. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, how many main events do you watch that where you go, oh, that was fantastic? I mean, how many main events are even the match of the night? I mean, that's not even not that often. common. No. So I mean, it, it was a main event. It was all right. It was fine. It was a good match. Did you like any of the matches better? Um, I'd have to be able to remember. Rollins what versus else Owens. I saw. Power bomb through the table. Jericho coming out. Rusev versus Reigns, the chain spot on the stairs. Uh, Kendrick versus Perkins, Enzo and Cass versus... It was a pretty unremarkable show, I think, overall. I thought it was fine. And I think think the thing to remember is that... Serviceable. When you're going to have two pay-per-views a month, most of them are going to be fine. Yeah. Good. Did exactly. I enjoy did I enjoy watching it? Yes. Will I go back and watch it again? Probably not. Like I said, unremarkable. I know I know it's un so the negative connotation. I don't mean it that way. It's just that there was nothing remarkable that really happened. It was fine. It was a show. It was entertaining and that I, was that. I liked Owens versus Rollins. I thought despite the the, you know, technical piece that you mentioned about the ruling, I thought Charlotte attacking Sasha before the cage fully lowered was a clever bit of Sure. You know ways of doing things there. You know, I I thought it was I thought it and was you know legit. looking back on it, the fact that that was the first women's main event is great. And knowing that, I guess I should have known to predict that Charlotte Flair would go down as the winner of the first women's main event in the history books. I mean, that just I, makes more sense. I believe I saw she is undefeated on pay per view. Yeah, she has not lost a pay per view match at least singles match, um, in her WWE career. <clears throat> Which makes sense when you're going to be the dominant force of the women's division for the next five to ten Which years. Which makes sense when you're the daughter of Ric Flair. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Do you have a problem with her being a three-time champion already? 
whatever. Isn't Roman Reigns like a 16-time world champion now? So what? Uh, I think he's won it two or three times. Yeah, whatever. But I don't care. Numbers still. don't mean anything. That's true. All right, let's get to another email here. This probably will not be our longest show on record, but I'm glad to be back in the saddle. Oh, Glenn. I always like hearing from Glenn. With Dolph Ziggler issuing an open challenge to the Raw roster for the Intercontinental title, who do you think should answer the challenge, and will the belt change brands? Thanks, as always, Glenn. Now, help me out here. Before we actually answer his email, help me out here in terms of our duty. Um, I, I was being slightly dishonest when I said I didn't know exactly what happened. I do have, a, I do have some idea of what takes place on Raw. And since this show is not going to get released till Tuesday morning, technically anything we talk about isn't a spoiler. The only person I would potentially be spoiling it for is you. So Jerk. I suppose what I'm asking is... Do you want to talk about the match that is going to happen at Survivor Series, or do you would you like to be unspoiled so that you can enjoy Raw spoiler free? I probably won't watch Raw tonight, so okay. lay it on me. Um, if the if what I read is true, Sami Zayn defeated Rusev tonight, and it will be Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Title. That's cool. Which instantly makes that um, possibly the match of the night. You know, speaking of matches of the night that will not be in the main event. Here's a question for Glenn, and also for you. Why is it that it's the belt that has to change brands? After all, Daniel Bryan did specify that he was drafting the Intercontinental Championship. It just so happened that The Miz was holding it. Couldn't it be... That it's, in fact, the belt which belongs to SmackDown, not the talent. So, therefore, if Sami Zayn were to win that belt, maybe it's Sami Zayn that switches brands and not the title. Wouldn't that solve a huge amount of problems if that was the case? Maybe not a huge amount of problems, but it gets Sami and Kevin away from each other because they've been current, they've been ignoring each other, but... It allows you to draft people at any cross-brand pay-per-view, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I hope that is the case. I hope Sami Zayn beats Ziggler in what will probably be the match of the night, just based on, you know, Sami Zayn tends to have those kind of matches. Um, And if Sami moves to SmackDown, that's great. That's great for everyone. But uh, let's be realistic here. It's Sami Zayn. He's not going to win a ton. It's Dolph, Z- it's Dolph Ziggler, though. Please. He's probably already dislocated his shoulder just, you know, thinking about being in this match. So, Well, Dolph Ziggler probably got a concussion, too. So now what are you going to do? Yeah, I guess we're just going to have to forfeit. Double forfeit. All right. Charlotte is a new Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> done and done. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, I'm excited for Sammy. It's it's a cool way to do it. I really thought it was going to be The Miz, though. I really, really thought with The Miz wearing red, maybe this was a swerve on their part. Because I mean, they... can't The Miz just kick Sammy in the shin and we can have like a backstage moment where Sammy's just going... And then The Miz's music hits. Like, can't we just do that? 
We absolutely could. I, I'm wondering, though, if this is, you know, WWE is capable of doing these kind of multi-level things where they dress him up in red so that all of us are sure it's going to happen, and then it doesn't. And, oh, WWE, you got me again. I would have succeeded if it weren't for that meddling Vince and Kevin Dunn. What do you, what do you think about this idea that Kevin Dunn apparently the executive producer of WWE programming, essentially uh, dislikes Becky Lynch's accent so much that she's not going to be given a whole lot of promo time on WWE television because of her accent. Well, I mean, can you blame a guy who produces television for not wanting to utilize a talent who can't talk? That's why I like talking to you. Because that's ex- kind of exactly what's happening, and it's nice of you to actually say it. He's Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, folks, in case you want to... Unlike uh, Becky Lynch, I can speak in a way that people can understand. <sighs> Remember. Unlike some other it, Robin Hoods, I can speak with a British accent. Ah, such a great movie. Yeah, uh, but, you know, honestly, she, accent aside, I know that's what this is about in terms of the rumor mill, but she's not a great speaker. She's passionate, sure, but and she, she is, you know, she's a good wrestler, but I, I don't think she's ever ripped up the charts in terms of promo or mic work. I, I don't think she's anything special, do you? No. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when Finn Balor comes back. Because the two of them both have accents. And I would say of the two, I find it slightly more difficult to understand Finn's as opposed to Becky's. So if Kevin Dunn's going to... Hey, I just want to point out, I didn't say anything about understanding people. You're the one who brought up that highly insulting manner of speaking about Becky Lynch's accent. I never said I had a problem understanding her. No, you just said that apparently she can't speak clearly. Well, I just meant that she cannot, you know, string together a logical sentence that actually takes me from point A to point B and proves her point in such a way that makes me care about a feud. Yes. And, of course, that's not insulting at all. Well, it's just insulting in a way that's not racist, dick. What? I I said nothing of the sort. How dare you, sir? How How dare dare I, I, sir? Right. We have one more email here. We oh, That's not it. Hey, T-D-D-T. There we go. Thank you. With Dean Ambrose feud with AJ Styles. <laughs> Going on longer than it should have due to a depleted roster. My question is, who suffers more from Raw being a three-hour show? Raw or SmackDown Live? Raw. Definitely Raw. Raw suffers from Raw being a three-hour show. After the great day that was May 25th, 1942, coming home from a networking event to hear the news, I spent every commute, every authority opening Raw promo, every post-mania Raw dreaming about. The it doesn't Prince say 1942 at all in here. Yeah, that I made up. Okay. 
old-time radio. Any fan that started watching during the Ruthless Aggression era will tell you that the period of 2011 through 2015 was a cultural shock period, adjusting to 1-1 roster and show and no drafts to spice the roster up but it also helped broaden our horizons by delving into other companies' content rather than siding between the proverbial Team Red or Blue. It only then dawned upon me, after that day in May, that the rosters would be disjointed with three-hour Raws despite NXT call-ups and returns, such as Kurt Hawking's Gilbert-esque Eva Marie tribute act. I wonder how strong SmackDown's roster would be if the draft was done more evenly. At the same time, however, would Carmella and Alexa Bliss have shined as they have if more than one horsewoman was on SmackDown? I certainly think there are faces on Raw that Baron Corbin would have been able to feud with on SmackDown. I look forward to him and Seth Rollins feuding one day. Not to mention fans being exhausted by Raw to tune in Tuesdays. Did you do any Shakespearean acting when you were in high school? The Pav. Uh, no, but in college I did uh, the complete works of William Shakespeare, abridged. That's such a great show. It is a great show. But I, I thought of that as you were reading. Because I don't know if it was iambic pentameter, but there was certainly a rhythm. And I, Pav... I, you are one of our favorite people. I love you, Pav. Everything that DC says represents only DC's jaded, awful, horrible opinions. Me, no. I love you. I, I'm saying it was great. We got a lovely uh, note from him today, in fact. Yeah, uh, you know, he did send us a nice note, and that was wonderful. Talk, talking to us about how it's okay that we didn't have a full show last week and people understand that life gets in the way. All I'm saying, Pav, is your emails would be, they're already great. They would be better if they were in rhyme the whole time. The rhyme. I know. That was a good sentence. I wonder how strong SmackDown's roster would be if the draft was done more evenly. I like that. Um, so you say Raw suffers more from Raw being a three-hour show. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Think about it a different way. Do you want Raw to be a two-hour show? Or do you want SmackDown to be a three-hour show? I want both of them to be full shows with deep rosters. I don't. Ca- I care less because I'm the type of person who skips the segments I don't care about. I... I just want them to be full. And right now, I talked about this on my show that you didn't listen to. Smackdown, Smackdown is so thin. You know, you build a two-hour show about around a jobber, a team from the 2000s, and a team from the 1990s, and your IC champion has a squash match. There's very little going on on that show. And, you know, so I would say I... There's probably a way to make a case for either, but I think, in a way, SmackDown is suffering more because there's just nothing going on, and people still seem to find it superior to Raw, which baffles me and boggles my mind. Wait, but how does Raw being a three-hour show, in this instance, cause SmackDown to suffer? 
because it has the extra hour. So obviously they need more talent. So they wound up drafting all of these people. You know, we're talking about whether or not Sami Zayn could make SmackDown better. And of course he could. He's a great talent. But at the same time, he's not, you know, the savior by any stretch of the imagination. So SmackDown is, you've got AJ and Ambrose. Then underneath that, you've got Bray and Orton. And then that's it until you get to Dolphin Miz. And I guess they would count as somewhat of main eventers. There's just nothing going on in that show. Yep. It's probably why I didn't really feel bad about missing it last week. I saw people were tweeting at uh, this when uh, the SmackDown or the 205 Live announcement came. They were like, I'm officially just going to watch NXT 205 Live and the pay-per-views. And I don't think you'll miss a whole lot if that's the way you choose to watch your wrestling. They do the live events every two weeks now. I mean... That's what I'm saying. What are you going to miss? And, and, they're, and they're, one of the things that I, I was taking issue with is the fact that they're skipping right over Survivor Series in a lot of ways. Like, they've already announced the main events of the December pay-per-views. It's Rollins... No, it's not Rollins. It's Reigns versus Owens, and it's Styles versus Ambrose. That's That's the main event of Roadblock, U.S. champion versus... So basically, we have an entire pay-per-view live event, Survivor Series, that's just spinning wheels. Unless they decide to make the winning brand earn something, yeah. They earn the right to have... I don't know. I, you know, and... and I what, if that, re- what if money in the bank... What if the money in the bank concept... Went goes to, to the winning the brand that won Survivor Series. That's Wouldn't a that great, be cool? That's a great idea. That's a great idea. And then or you know, and I would also be okay, and this was you know, I always thought, okay, the winning brand gets to pick one talent from each of the teams, so one woman, one tag team, one guy, and they get draft they get traded or drafted to the other roster. So they could be like, Okay, we want Seth Rollins, we want Gallows and Anderson, and we want Sasha Banks. And we are taking them to SmackDown. But yeah. I like the Money in the Bank concept, too. Yeah, That's really whatever, original. That works, whatever. It's all good. All right. Well, thank you, Pav, and thank you, Glenn, and thank you, Mitchell, for some great emails. You can send your emails to ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, yes, I know it's almost Election Day, and I do know where to vote. Thank you. Uh, what is your piece of positivity there, sir? Besides the fact that we are reunited and it does feel so good. Uh, and, and for this, I will, I will go even beyond wrestling. What is just something in your life that you are feeling good about right now? We had some good Chinese food over the weekend. It was, with the exception of the wonton soup broth, which was just weird. Yeah, not right. The rest, the rest of it was quite good. I would eat that again. Me too. Uh, I will say, you know, again, it hasn't shipped yet, but and I know I've played it already, but uh, one of the best video games I have ever played, on par with World of Warcraft. Ah, 
It has shipped. Yeah. On par with World of Warcraft, on par with, you know, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, or whatever. Uh, you know, Skyrim, at this point, according to Amazon track package, it should be here tomorrow by 8 p.m. So I'm glad we're kind of recording this now, because I might disappear into the world of Skyrim. Did you ever play Skyrim? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. When you play games like that, because I know you played Oblivion, um, what is your usual build? Like, do you go for mages? Are you a tank? Are you a stealthy character? What's what's your go-to? I am an archer thief who steals everything. That's exactly what I'm going to be. I'm going to be like literally the first thing I'm going to do probably is run to solitude and start the Dark Brotherhood quest line. And I get you know, the I ascendi- steal everything. <laughs> Where do you put it all? In my pants, apparently. <laughs> Until I have to put it elsewhere. I can put a lot of stuff in my pants in those games. I have uh, like eighth dimensional pants. <laughs> with the uh, with the mods, apparently they they do have a mod that I was reading about that does increase your carrying capacity to like five hundred thousand pounds. So, Remember when mods were called cheats? Yeah, because that's what it is when you do that. Are 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 you are you anti mod in that sense? Not really. I think you should enjoy your games however the hell you want to. And in fact, I think inventory management. Um, is one of the least satisfying forms or or one of the least satisfying systems that you can have in a video game. So having a weight system and requiring me to choose if I'm going to hold this 15th broadsword or this moccasin of moleskin, that to me is absolutely dissatisfying. I think systems like that can work sometimes. Like, um, this is going to be an odd pull, but like... the first couple of Halo games where you could only hold like two weapons plus a sidearm and you actually had to choose what style of weapons you wanted to make your primary slot. Like that can be interesting for gameplay reasons. Mm-hmm. But again, when it comes down to, well, I can hold 300 pounds of stuff and my guy currently has 5,000 boxes of oatmeal, 18 broadswords. <laughs> Six horned helms, and now I can't pick up this ruby. I guess I better drop a broadsword. I, it's it, I, I don't know. It's stupid. Not it's that you would. Dro- not that you would drop any of the oatmeal. No, I might need that oatmeal. Ah, uh, I have missed you, sir. And I, it, it is nice to be back on the airwaves with you. We will surprise everyone. I'm not even going to mention it. We're just going to drop it and have people deal with it. Uh, anything else you would like to say before we head out into that good night, sir? No, sir. No, sir. All right. Uh, DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Find, find us on iTunes. Leave a review if you'd like. ProWrestlingTees.com slash NewAgeInsiders. All of that usual stuff that you've come to expect from us. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Until we meet again, my friends, we will see you around the neighborhood.